Hello, and welcome to the Toddcast. It is a sunny but ridiculously cold March 4th afternoon as we begin our trip back to the homeland from work. And I thought that I would chat a little bit today, uh, again on a bit of a biographical nature. Um, folks who've listened to the podcast and or know me um, have doubtless heard me refer to, I expect at some point or another, uh, make references to um, previous marriages, um, be it a reference to an ex-wife, uh, which has likely been numbered one or two. Um, I don't know that I've made many references to my previous stepchildren um, as much as I do my daughters, but, um, again, with the, the idea of this being, you know, yes, a podcast to, to entertain and enjoy, but also be sort of a, sort of a verbal blog, if you will, um, and sort of act as my own biographer, um, I think there's something to be said about, you know, talking a little bit about this topic, uh, so I figured I'd go ahead and record, uh, some, I suspect, uh, that this will likely be, you know, sort of a three-part series, uh, what with there being three, three marriages, um, and, you know, we'll, we'll start at the beginning, um, and I guess this is also going to sort of be sort of a, um, running chronology of Todd's love life, I guess, so a few things up front before we, we get too into this topic, um, my goal here is to, you know, talk about a thing that, you know, has an impact on my life, and, you know, if other people are interested, you can enjoy that, or or not, or whatever, um, my goal is not to have some sort of, you know, tell-all, give-all-the-details, you know, sort of situation, uh, because, you know, this is my podcast, and, you know, in so much as it can be considered, you know, a platform, um, it is my platform, it is for me to talk about what I want to say, um, and my feeling is very much that, you know, it is for me to tell my stories, uh, it is not for me to tell anyone else's stories, um, and as such, you know, as is implied with, you know, having had, you know, two divorces, Obviously, those relationships did not end well, or they wouldn't have ended in divorce. Um, And clearly, I have, you know, thoughts and feelings and opinions on how those relationships went, and more to the point, how they ended. Um, But I don't intend to do a bunch of trash-talking about the exes, um, because that, A, that's not fair, um, you know, if by some weird chance they were to be on the podcast with me and we were having a discussion slash debate, that might be one thing. But for me to just get on here and rail on about how so-and-so did this and, and you know, she did this, she did that, and, it, and do a bunch of trash talking, um, it's not fair and it's not honorable and I do not want to participate in that sort of a thing. Um, having been a person that has 
had an ex broadcast to the world their list of complaints, several of which were not valid, many of others were an incomplete telling of the tale, I, I choose not to participate in that type of a situation uh, or arrangement. Um, so if you're looking for some dirt and some tell-all type shenanigans, you, my friend, are going to be disappointed. Um, I guess the other thing that I'll throw out is that, uh, you know, I was married to two of them and continue to be married, uh, to, to my wife. And, you know, marriage has many, you know, things that come with it, um, consummation and whatnot. Uh, I have no intention of getting into those details with a bunch of random internet strangers either. Um, so again, if you're looking for, for, you know, that, le that sort of detail, you're, 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 you're not going to get that. Uh, and finally, um, like I said, I, I will happily, well, I don't know about happily, but I will, I will recount the times of, of previous relationships, marriages, and subsequent divorces. Uh, please understand that all of this is from my perspective. Um, you are, by definition, hearing one side of the story. Um, which isn't to say that, you know, I'm lying or making things up or trying to dramatize things. Uh, but one thing that I've found in, you know, 43 years of life is that when you hear a story uh, from a person, you know, you need to keep in mind that you're hearing it from that person, from that person's perspective. Um, one person can say a thing one way, another person is going to have a different perspective on it and will tell that story a different way. And more often than not, the reality probably lies somewhere in between. So, you know, the stories that I tell are definitely my telling of the story, my thoughts and feelings and opinions on the situation. Um, but they are admittedly from, uh, you know, my point of view. And, uh, you know, I certainly hope that folks don't read too much into that uh, and be too too judgmental on that front. Um, yes, I've been married three times. Yes, two of those ended in divorce. But I'm not really bitter about much of that and how that worked. Uh, time does, in fact, heal wounds. If you asked me shortly after each of those divorces, I'm sure you would have gotten different opinions. Um, but really, life's too short to hold grudges over things that don't matter anymore. Uh, is kind of how that goes. So, there's that. Um, lastly, and then I'll stop uh, throwing out, you know, prefaces and, and, you know, starting clauses and actually get to, you know, talking about the subject at hand. Uh, I realize that some of my, my listeners are, you know, family members. Uh, be they blood relatives or in-laws, etc., uh, and if hearing about my, if you are a current in-law and it's going to be uncomfortable for you to hear me talk about my previous relations, you're, skip ahead. Uh, you know, I'm not looking to upset anybody. Um, that's, that's really all there, there is there, you know, um, 
I realize the nature of my podcast is, you know, the topics vary wildly in terms of who's likely to be interested. Um, and I kind of expect that most listeners skip around, so to speak. Uh, so don't, don't, don't not skip this if you feel like this is going to be awkward right out the gate. You're certainly not going to hurt my feelings. I'm not so hung up on my play counts that I'm going to notice or, or care. Um, all right, sweet. So now that we're a solid, you know, eight and a half minutes in, we can actually, you know, start the actual podcast. So, uh, as has been mentioned previously, um, I was a bit of a late bloomer from a, you know, having relationships with, uh, the ladies perspective. Uh, I didn't get a girlfriend until I was, I believe I was 17. Uh, it was between my, um, sophomore and junior years. Maybe I was 16. Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, just wasn't popular with the ladies. Um, not super attractive, pretty scrawny, non-athletic, not popular, did not have much money. Uh, all of that seems super superficial, but if anyone has been to high school, um, that's kind of how that works, or at least that's my experience. Uh, it's not until you hit adulthood where you start to, you know, look at people as people and not just, you know, strictly on looks and fashion and, you know, money and popularity and stuff. Um, at least my experience in the Ohio Valley in, you know, the late eighties, early nineties, uh, I, I was not what anyone would refer to as a catch. Um, so it was probably when I was 16, finally got, you know, a, a girlfriend. Um, and, you know, that all transpired sort of at random, I think, is probably the best way to do it. Because, uh, like I said, none of, the, none of the girls in my high school were particularly interested in me in that way. Um, there were some, uh, some ladies that, you know, I knew and got along well with and, you know, were, were friendly with. Um, might even go so far as to say friends. Uh, but no one was particularly romantically inclined my way. Um, I certainly had my crushes, um, but was, I guess the best way to describe it is too chicken shit to, you know, act on any of that, ask anyone out, do anything about it, just because I assumed the answer would be no. Um, which is maybe not fair, but at the same time, I, 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 I tend to be something of a realist and while I'm not omniscient, I tend to, you know, work the odds to a certain degree in my brain. And, and even thinking back on it now, most of the ladies that I would have, you know, tried to ask out to the dance, I, I, I got a pretty high level of confidence that they would have shot my ass down. Um, and rather than get that rejection, I just didn't. Um, and I'd love to say that that worked for me. I was kind of miserable and lonely, whatever. But, you know, I got over it. It's all good now. Um, but yeah, it was the summer between my, my sophomore and junior year in high school. Um, I finally got a job at the library, uh, which I may or may not have mentioned previously. Uh, but for, you know, got my first, uh, you know, paying regular gig. Uh, and 
I can't remember. I think it was my first paycheck. I'd been working there for a couple of weeks. I got my first paycheck. Uh, and my buddy and I were getting together. We were going to go out to the mall because going to the mall was the thing to do for the teens in the Ohio Valley. There wasn't really a whole lot else to do, truth be told. Um, and I was going to go to the mall and I was going to... I suddenly had money I never had before so I was going to go spend it on dumb shit because I could um, and we did and we you know headed out to the mall and did the mall thing and I got a really sweet tie dyed t-shirt as memory serves um, I want to say I got a really awesome uh, MC Escher t-shirt uh, I believe it was black uh, with a bunch of MC Escher drawings all about it in, in white ink uh, it was pretty awesome. Uh, I seem to recall there being some sort of blacklight poster that was acquired, and possibly a compact disc. I can't I can't guarantee that, but I'm pretty sure that was a thing that happened. Um, you know, so we you know we're we're coming we're coming back, um, and without getting into the you know specific routes, there are a couple of ways to get from you know Martin's Ferry to St. Clairsville where the mall is. Um, one's the highway and one is sort of route 40, which is sort of the back way, um, which swings by the grocery store. My friend Ron worked at. Um, so we, we came back that way and that's relevant because, you know, we swung by where he was working to see when he was getting off. So we were all going to hang out probably to do some sort of role-playing game as you may imagine. Uh, but I'm not sure. Um, and he ended up having to work late couldn't make it, whatever, so we continue down National Road through Bridgeport, um, and there was, there's like a random parking lot off to the right side of the road, um, that we saw one of our friends, you know, parked in, and we, you know, pulled in just to say, hey, you know, we, we're young kids, we got, no, we got no plans, we got no schedule, we got nothing going on, uh, so we're, we're, we swing by there to, you know, say, hey, how's it going, man, what's up? what you up to, you know, it was like a Friday or Saturday or some, some nonsense. Um, and we're hanging out there, you know, shooting breeze, talking, whatever. And next thing I know, there's this, this little blue geo Metro thing, um, driving by and there's a couple of these girls in there and they, you know, got their heads out the window hollering that is, ah, and you know, we're young dudes like, Hey, you're females, come back, uh, and strangely enough, they did, um, and there was some, you know, what I'm sure was ridiculous teenage banter, um, small talk, whatnot, um, you know, and, uh, at one point they had to leave, um, the one, the one girl was driving, it turns out the other one was like her cousin or something, and she had to take her cousin to do a thing, they were on some sort of schedule, um, and they're like, oh, we gotta go, but you know, maybe we'll come, you know, you guys are gonna be hanging out here, and we're like, yeah, we got nothing better going on, maybe we'll be here, you know, if you come back, you know, come back, and of course, me being, you know, the smart-ass jerk that I was, I'm like, come back naked, um, because, you know, I was 16 and super clever, um, so they leave, and we're sitting there, you know, shooting the breeze, talking about whatever, God knows what, um, 
Because the guy in question was, like, a guy we knew from school, but he wasn't, like, well, part of our group. Like, he didn't play games with us or hang out with us a lot. It's just a guy, oh, yeah, you're, you know, you're the class ahead of me and, you know, in the same class as, you know, the guy who's providing transport for me, etc. Um, we're just going to, you know, talk because whatever, we're dumb teens and that's, we got nothing better to do. Um, and after a little bit, they did in fact, you know, the, this little blue Metro does in fact come back. Um, and from a distance, it certainly does look like the girl driving is, is, you know, wrapped in some sort of towel. Um, and if it weren't for just the slightest sliver of, uh, you know, swimsuit top string that, you know, connects it sort of off her shoulder that was not covered by the towel, uh, I would have been fooled into thinking that they did in fact come back naked. Um, but of course, you know, being ultra unsmooth, uh, you know, they pull up and roll down the window and I'm like, yeah, nice try. I could see your swimsuit. Cause like I said, super smooth. I was a winner. Um, you know, clearly if you're trying to woo some strange girl, your, your first move should be to, you know, point out her failures, I guess. Um, whatever. I was a dumbass. Um, anyway, we, you know, they, they get there and she's like, oh, ha, 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 you know, you got me. And, you know, they we hung out and talked, um, for a while, like a long while. And eventually, you know, kind of needed it, you know, head home. And so we, you know, parted ways. I don't think I got a number or even tried to get a number. Um, it seems to me that, you know, the situation was so, um, newfound and unique for me that, oh, there is a girl talking to me that is doing so not so that she can copy off of my, you know, social studies paper, but actually seems interested in talking to me as, you know, a boy. This is different. Uh, I, I don't even know if it occurred to me to try and exchange digits. Um, but, you know, Haz and I had to go and we're like, all right, well, we'll, we'll catch you around. Uh, and the dude who was already off the side of the road, you know, hanging out, whatever, hung out and was, was chatting with him. Um, and yeah, so, you know, Haz takes me home and I, you know, get home and, you know, oh, mom, look at this cool poster. Hey, dad, check out this t-shirt. Like, stupid, What you know, look, I just blew half of my first paycheck on stupid shit. Uh, let me show you thing. Um, and then I go upstairs and, and start, you know, putting stuff away and sort of settling in. I remember, I remember I kicked my shoes and socks off. Um, it was summertime, uh, but you know, and was, you know, getting ready to, you know, call it an evening for hanging out, listening to music and, and you know, probably reading a book or playing solitaire or whatever. Uh, and next thing I know, you know, my dad's calling for me from downstairs. I'm like, what's up? He's like, you, you, you know, front door. I'm like, front door. What, what is going on here? Cause if it, I guess for background, my friends generally didn't come over to our house to hang out. When I was hanging out with friends, it was typically at someone else's house. Um, and in the odd chance where they did come by our house, you know, it, a, I typically knew that it was happening. Like, we talked on the phone, and they're like, hey, okay, I'll be over, like, 10. They didn't just drop in. And B, when they did show up, like, the greeting wouldn't wouldn't be, hey, Todd, front door. It'd be like, hey, Todd, Mike's here. Or, oh, 
gym is here. Like, front door implies there are people here, but I don't know who the hell they are. Uh, and so I kind of come down, and it's the dude who was across, you know, who was parked and was hanging out talking to the ladies with us. I'm like, hey, man, what's up? Um, and it was kind of awkward, because like I said, I knew the dude. I knew of the dude. But it's not like we hung out. It's not like we were friends. Like, Paz, who was my wheels, and was the reason we pulled over to stop by him. Like, they knew each other. They were in the same class. Uh, but like, I didn't have a whole lot of connection. And so this dude showing up to my front door just seemed a little weird. Um, and I was taken a little aback by that. He's like, hey, yeah, man. Uh, so... I uh, have some folks here that wanted to chat with you. And sure enough, it's it's, the, it's those girls. And I was like, whoa, okay. Um, cool. Um, it's only in retrospect, and frankly, it, it, I think it may be just now that it occurs to me, how horrifying of a thought that is, that we met some random people and seemed to get along fine, but only really you know interacted with them for a couple of hours and you're going to show them where I live? That seems dicey, uh, knowing how crazy some people can be. Uh, but that didn't occur to me at the time. I was like, okay, these girls are apparently interested enough to actually, you know, convince dude to bring them to my house. Cool. Um, and I pop out, and we're hanging out on the front curb, and next thing I know, they're like, hey, we're going to head over to Wheeling and hang out on the waterfront. And I'm like, cool. I knock on the door and say, Mom, Dad, I'm going to head over to the waterfront and hang out with these folks. I'll be back a couple hours. You cool with that? And they're like, yeah, sure. Like, I didn't even put on socks and shoes. I was so eager to, you know, get something happening. And we go over and we hang out. And, like, I can't remember a whole lot from it. Like, it's, it was, you know, dumb teen talk is probably the best I can, you know. It's not like we had weighty, philosophical, or, you know, politically charged, you know, important topics to discuss. Um, and it wouldn't have even been typical dumb teen talk like it would have been if these these girls went to my school. Because like, oh, hey, Mr. Hill, what do you think about that? Or, oh, what are you doing in, you know, geometry too? Like, it's I can't even imagine what it is we talked about. But we managed to, you know, chat and hang out until, you know, it got dark and I eventually, you know, had to go home. Um... At which point we did exchange digits. Um, and that is essentially the story of how I met my first wife. Um, you know, from there, uh, you know, we, we called and talked. Um, and ended up, you know, getting together various points in times. Um, dating is, 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 is maybe putting a little too much emphasis and structure around what we had the first couple of times. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I've watched too much TV from, you know, back in the day. Maybe I'm just old school. But to me, a date is you make an arrangement to go to a place to do a thing. You know, let's go get dinner. Let's go to a movie. You know, let's go roller skating. Um, this was more of a, hey, you want to hang out? And she'd drive over and we'd drive a place and hang out. I guess that's a date. I mean, I guess for teens, that probably qualifies. Um, but it was that sort of thing. Um, one of our first dates is, is particularly memorable. Because um, it was me and her and her cousin. 
that she was hanging out with originally, uh, and the dude who was hanging out by the side of the road. And I realize I'm, I'm being super vague on names. Um, and that's semi-intentional. Um, I, I don't necessarily want to name um, the first wife, per se, in case, for whatever reason, somebody who knows her but not me listens to this. Um, and again, I don't want to tell other people's stories and cause trouble for them. Uh, I'm not saying her cousin's name because I honestly can't remember it. Uh, and I'm racking my brains trying to think of dude's name. I can think of his last name, but that's way too specific. Uh, I think I'm going to call him Mark because A, I think that might have been his actual name. Uh, and B, because it's as good as anything for telling this story. Uh, so it's me... My soon-to-be girlfriend, eventual wife, uh, and eventual ex, and her cousin, and Mark. Um, interesting side note, Mark eventually rejoins my life's story as being a bandmate with my father. Life's weird that way. Um, but I remember we, you know, the four of us were going to get together on a, you know, sort of double date type situation. And I'm trying to think if this was our first actual date. And it may have been. Um, because we did that, and after a while, Mark and her cousin didn't end up getting along well, and so they kind of faded out of the picture. Uh, pretty quickly, if memory serves. Um, we all got together, and we drove out to St. Clairsville. We went to home pizza, which was fun, and hung out in the car, um, and then went up to some park, or I think it was a park. I remember there was a baseball diamond involved. I don't know if it was just a baseball place, or if it was a baseball place that was part of a park, um, but I remember, you know, us going out there, and it was dark, and, you know, me trying to put super amateur moves on her, um, and it all culminates with, you know, the cop showing up because of either the, it was private property or it was closed or whatever. And somebody called it in and the cops show up. And all I know is she and I go darting off into like the woods, like over a hill in like waist to chest high grass. Um, that was that itchy, gives you little paper cuts kind of grass. Um, that had all kinds of, you know, bugs and stuff in it. And I'm in like shorts or whatever and getting eaten alive. Um, and we like run into this to avoid the cops, even though we're in the middle of nowhere and you know, it's her car up parked up the thing. Like, I don't know what we were thinking. Uh, but I can remember sitting there in the grass and the lightning bugs, cause it was so dark, just being everywhere and freaking beautiful, but yet also being terrified cause there were cops who, you know, break out the searchlight and are like, okay, we have your car up here. We know you're here. The two other people who are with you are here and know, have said that you're here. We've run your plates, girl's name. Come on up. Um, we're like, yeah, we kind of need to do that. And we do. And like, like I said, I think it was like private property or closed or something. And they kind of gave us a slap on the wrist and sent us on our way. Um, but yeah, that was, that was our first date slash my first run in with the actual police. Um, so that was fun. Um, and like I said, at the, you know, from that point forward, Mark and, and her cousin didn't really hit it off as well as they'd hoped. 
Um, and so she and I just were hanging out and she'd call and we'd get together. Um, she went, uh, to a different school. She, she lived in a different town. Um, and so all that summer, you know, we'd get together and hang out and, you know, have typical teen, you know, fun times, dating and so forth. Uh, a lot of hanging out at the mall. Um, one of her friends worked at a local pizza joint, so we ended up getting a lot of pizza, uh, for cheap or free, which worked out well. Um, I didn't have a car at the time, uh, so she was the wheels. Um, you know, we, we, we do a lot of miscellaneous, random, whatever. Um, at the time, because things have changed over the past several decades, um, you know, Martin's Ferry is not quite as bereft of decent businesses as it once was when I was a youngster. Uh, heck, for all that matter, the, the Ohio Valley Mall area has expanded and has a whole lot more options of stuff to do. Um, to put it in perspective, we used to have to drive up to Steubenville, uh, which is like an hour-plus ride north, uh, to get Taco Bell. There were no Taco Bells in our area. And there were points where, you know, our fun Saturday would be let's load up, let's, let's get into your car, let's drive up to Steubenville for a six-pack, you know, for a ten-pack of tacos, and then go to the Steubenville Mall and hang out there instead. Um, you know, high stakes, crazy, wild shenanigans for us young folk. Um, did we have a lot in common, other than being young and dumb? Um, I'm gonna go ahead and say no. Um, I've always been you know, a guy who's fond of, you know, video games and role-playing games and reading books and, you know, that sort of thing. She did a lot of crafts, um, didn't really read much, you know, I tried talking to her about D&D a couple times and she just was not interested and I don't know how well she followed even what I was talking about. Um, our musical tastes overlapped a little bit. I mean, there there is a Venn diagram, but for the most part, that middle sliver was not super big. Um, she was more into the pop stuff. I was more into, you know, classic rock and metal and that sort of thing. Um, and we just kind of hung out. Um, there was a fair amount of traveling around. Uh, we both like comic books. I guess there's that. Uh, we would often go on epic trips uh, to comic book stores in other towns. Um, if there was a comic book convention to be had anywhere within drivable distance, we'd do that. Um, which was nice. Um, we did a lot of shoplifting together. That was something we had in common. I'm not going to get into all that. Um, other than to say it was a thing and we'll, we'll leave it at that. Um, but really not a whole lot going on in common, uh, beyond just being young kids. Uh, you know, and for a first girlfriend, a high school romance, there ain't a thing wrong with that. Uh, let, let me, let me throw that on the record. Um, you know, you're 16, 17, you probably shouldn't be getting too crazy serious, um, putting all your eggs in those baskets, that, that, that's maybe not your best plan, uh, you know, you're young, have fun, meet a variety of people and 
you know, figure out what works for you. Um, but I, I, I was not of that mindset at the time. Um, I was kind of of the mindset of, I finally got a girl. I should maybe not screw this up. Um, I need to make this, you know, go cause you know, I got lucky. I don't know that there'll be another time. Um, I think was honestly part of, like, I liked her. Like, it's not like, oh, well, this isn't working, but I need to hang on. I did like her, but there was also an undercurrent of, oh, we need to keep this thing happening. Um, and I think a combination of that, and even though at the time I was not religious, um, I'd say I was an agnostic at best at that point in life, uh, but, you know, spending... 15, 16 years in a, you know, heavily Christian household, um, you know, some of that morality sticks, um, whether it makes a whole lot of sense to you and your personal beliefs and faith or not. Um, so again, I'm not going to get into a bunch of details, but you know, we were teenage kids who, you know, had easy access to transportation and her mom often worked and she was, you know, a only parent. And so the house was empty and you can probably do the math to see where, where this is going. Um, we, we had teen fun times in that regard, um, safely, uh, in a protected fashion. Um, but even though I didn't necessarily feel that those rules applied to me and the logic um, was not something I adhered to that once you, you know, participate in said activities, you know, I clearly wasn't waiting for marriage, obviously. Um, but yet somewhere buried deep, um, you know, impressed upon me that those two concepts should go together. Um, and in one session of said fun times, um, I made some reference to it wasn't a proposal. I remember it not, it was not a proposal. It was not intended as a proposal. It was some sort of comment to the effect that, you know, somewhere down the line, I would totally, you know, marry you kind of a thing. I don't remember the word verbiage, but like I said, it wasn't like I asked her, uh, but she did not interpret it that way. And was like, are you serious? And I'm like, yeah. And next thing I know we're engaged. Um, because we were doing things that, you you know, if you're not married, you should at least be planning to go that route, uh, was kind of my thinking. And again, it, there, there was a certain element of, I need to lock this down so that I don't, you know, end up being lonely for the rest of my life. Um, which was fine, I guess, you know, being a senior in high school and, you know, being engaged seems really awkward and weird to me. And I kind of wonder what the heck I was thinking. And it's not something I'd recommend anyone do. Uh, <laughs> but that's, that's how that went. Um, so that was the thing and things were fine. You know, we got along well and, you know, we told our parents and they kind of looked at us like we were crazy because, you know, we're freaking 17 year olds who are engaged and you do look at those people like they're crazy because this isn't, you know, the thirties. Um, but they were supportive in their fashion. Um, 
you know, and so it went through my senior year, um, and into, you know, the summer after, you know, we graduated. Um, and so the plan was, you know, cause I was, like I said, I was a pretty smart kid. My grades were all right. I was, you know, on a, on a path towards, you know, when you graduate high school, you're going to go to college cause that's what you do when you, you know, are smart enough to do it. Um, at least that's, you know, the outlook and the ex expectation I was given and I was going to go with that. Um, you know, and I was going to save up money for college and we were going to try and find a college that had, you know, housing for married couples and, and go from there. Um, and part of that plan was, you know, for the summer, I was going to work at the library as I did and save up as much money as I could to make that happen. Um, and she was going to get a job at a, uh, amusement park, um, again, to save money for, you know, our future. And said amusement park was like a good two, three hour drive away, uh, from where we lived. It was a, you know, you go there and they have, you know, sort of employee housing. Like you go and stay there for the summer and just work all the hours and, live there and you don't do a whole lot but work and make money and go to sleep and work and make money you know and hopefully there'd be a nice big you know bunch of money for us to work with you know when the summer was over um and that was the plan uh and I wasn't real keen on you know having her go away and she what didn't seem real keen on necessarily going away but that was that was you know the the money making plan um you know, we were good. We were solid. We, we, we can do, you know, a long distance thing. We can call each other and so forth. And, you know, occasional weekend pop up and visit her or vice versa. Uh, and so that was the plan. Um, which went for pretty, you know, okay for the first couple of weeks, I think. Um, again, not looking to tell other people's stories, but, uh, you know, as, as the summer went on, you know, I'd go to call her and she wouldn't be at the housing place, despite, you know, she was clearly off her shift and why are you not, you know, calling me back or why are you not there? And long story short, um, we'll just wrap it all up with infidelity, um, and move on. And, you know, that kind of broke my heart and crushed me. Um, you know, I was back home minding my own, um, keeping it together, not doing that kind of thing. Um, and it, it, you know, clearly upset me that, you know, we weren't both working from the same script. Um, which resulted in the first of what would become many breakups, truth be told. Um, and I just parked in my space and we're 40 minutes in. So we're going to call that, um, part a of part one and I will fabricate some sort of commercial and we will talk again here in a moment and I will complete the story. Hey gang, have you ever found yourself in a situation where you needed to quickly fabricate a commercial for a podcast? and didn't really have anything funny or clever to say, uh, I find myself in that situation right now. So, sorry that this wasn't funny or clever, um, but this is your podcast commercial wannabe stand-in for the moment. 
thank you for enjoying and here's the rest of the podcast. Another day, another ride home and continuation of the podcast. Um, when we left off, my heart had just been stomped uh, and we were going to pick up from there because that's a fun place to segue out of. Um, to try and keep it as short and um, blame-free as possible, we're, we're going to kind of skip ahead through a good portion of the next piece, which can basically be summarized as, you know, things happened, and in my youthful optimism um, and lack of experience in the you know, aspects of relationships and love and so forth. Um, you know, infidelity is kind of a big one, um, in terms of transgressions against another person. Um, I, I hope that none of you have ever experienced that. Um, if you have, you know, probably what I'm talking about. Uh, if you haven't, uh, consider yourself, uh, what they call blessed. Um, but when it happens to you the first time with, your, you know, first high school love, um, that's gone on for an extended period of time. Uh, in my case, uh, it hurt like hell, but I wasn't quite so ready to give up. Um, you know, it was, it was bad, but, you know, to me it was worth trying to, to make this work. We can, you know, get past this, you know, we, we can find a, a place of, you know, forgiveness and, and move on from this. Um, and, and, and sure enough, I did try and, and, you know, she, she tried. Um, but once you, you, you know, inflict that kind of wound, um, it doesn't just scab up and go away. And you know, when you're all done, you're healed and it's good. Um, that kind of stuff leaves scars. Uh, at least it did for me. Um, and that kind of, you know, damage not only injures, you know, the relationship, it, it kind of changes everything from that point forward. Um, and you start to look at things with a different from a different perspective, with a different set of eyes, you know, a lot of things that, you know, young, dumb love is willing to, you know, overlook and, you know, sort of wave your hand and it, it, it doesn't exist, goes away, you, you don't pay attention to it. Um, little things start to surface um, that, you know, used to bother you, but not enough to be problematic, and now they, they bother you, and it's a problem, and it's, it's harder to dispel those things, um, and I would say that was probably a key component of what, what kind of happened there, um, and like I said earlier, eventually that sort of culminated in, okay, uh, I'm, I'm done here, we're, we're, we're breaking up, this is, this is over, um, this isn't going to work. Um, which, you know, I, I can't tell, you know, what would have happened or could have happened had different circumstances taken place. I can make some stabs, uh, and, you know, some guesses at, at things. Uh, you know, for example, you know, had I finally come to that conclusion and broken things off and had, you know, other prospects, other, you know, 
the, the classic, the best way to get, you know, over somebody is to move on to the next person. Had that situation been available, maybe things would have went differently. Um, I don't know. It's hard to say because that wasn't my situation. Uh, by the time all this, you know, took place, you know, the available, you know, pool of applicants, so to speak, uh, was basically non-existent. Uh, I was out of high school, which is chiefly where, you know, my young self had access to young ladies and, you know, people to, you know, want to go out with who might want to go out with you. Um, you know, as an adult, you know, it's, it's, it's probably not a good idea to date your coworkers, but that is another place where there are other people. Um, I worked at the library and they were all, you know, delightful ladies, um, whom I would happily, you know, have social interactions with, but it was not going to be romantic, um, no matter, you know, which way you slice that, um, you know, and so the old loneliness crept back in, um, and it was different than the previous loneliness in that, you know, when you've never had a girlfriend, you, you know, you're lonely because you don't have, you know, someone to, to, you know, call your own, but you don't necessarily know anything different either. Like you see stuff on TV and the movies of what, you know, having a boyfriend or a girlfriend is like, and that all seems really keen. But there's a part of you that knows that's that's not that's not reality. That's not how life actually works. Um, and so when you've never had a you've never had a girlfriend, it's, you can kind of console yourself with no, I don't have a girlfriend. But you know, all the all the things you see on TV about having girlfriends that are maybe not the best things. You know, no one's nagging me. No one's you know wanting me to do things I don't want to do. Like you can spin those as positives and get your get your way out of it. Um, but once you've had a relationship and you find yourself not in a relationship, I would say, especially if you're no longer in that relationship because of, you know, choices that you didn't make, uh, that the, the, the loneliness that follows that up is a little bit lonelier, I guess, or at least was for me. Um, I don't know to what degree my being, you know, manic depressive <laughs> plays into that or not, uh, you know, maybe that's common for everybody and there's nothing special about me and my, you know, disorder in my teen years that plays into that. Maybe that made it worse. I don't know. Um, again, at the time I was, you know, bipolar, but undiagnosed and not being treated. So it's hard, it's impossible to say. Um, but that kind of loneliness, you know, will can and did eventually, you know, culminate in, well, I don't want to be lonely. Maybe I'll, you know, call her up and, you know, maybe we can be friends, which turns into, you know, maybe we can hang out, which turns into maybe we can try again. Um, which we did. And then, you know, you find out that, oh yes, I remember why we broke this off before. Um, and then you do, and then you get lonely again, and it gets into, you know, a instructions on the shampoo bottle type situation, uh, you know, where you lather, rinse, repeat, and lather and rinse and repeat sort of a situation. Um, it wasn't until many, many, many years later, um, some friends of mine shared a 
a frighteningly accurate analogy um, as regards to, you know, exes. Um, and that is, you know, you open the fridge to get some milk, and if the milk is spoiled, you know, you don't put it back in the fridge, and you don't go back to it a couple weeks later to try the milk again. It's it's spoiled. You, you just need to, you know, get rid of it and move on. Um, and, you know, that's, that's, that's perhaps advice for folks that might find themselves in a similar situation. Um, I realize that as I say this, uh, you know, I'm getting ahead of myself in the story, but eventually, you know, she and I, you know, had a child and got married and it, you know, ended up not working. Um, and I realized that had I, you know, taken that approach originally, uh, you know, I wouldn't have my daughter, which would make my world, uh, considerably smaller and is not something that I, I honestly wish. Um, I don't go through life with a no regrets type thing in, you know, the, the, the ballsy, I don't give a shit, you know, sense that most people who say no regrets, uh, tend to mean, uh, I like to live my life with no regrets in the sense that, you know, things happened, um, some are good, some are bad, all of which had some sort of outcome which helped shape the next thing that happened, which may have been good or bad, uh, and helped shape the outcome of the next thing, uh, etc. Uh, and I would not, you know, trade any of that for if it meant I didn't get to have my daughter. Um, so I just want to be real, real clear on that. You know, if it comes back to a, well, if I had to do it all over again, um, A, I couldn't because that's not how things work. And B, uh, I don't know that I would change things because I don't want to be without a daughter, um, whom I love, if that makes sense. Um, but again, that's, that's sort of cutting ahead forward on the tape. Let's, let's go back to, you know, the, the chronological telling. Um, cause thank goodness I'm not Quentin Tarantino. Um, even though the podcasts sometimes get cut back and forth like Pulp Fiction. Um, like I said, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of just, just call that piece, you know, a series of getting together and breaking up and getting together and breaking up. And I honestly couldn't tell you how many times, you know, that transpired. Um, I do know that, you know, the, there was a point where I got super upset with my parents, um, and kind of moved out of the house and moved in with her and her mother for a short period. Uh, a very short period because that was awkward. Um, her, her mom did not like me. Um, I can think of a few legit reasons why her mother wouldn't like me. Uh, I, not necessarily to the degree by which she did not like me, but you know, if you're a single mother with an only daughter and there's some guy hanging around and you know, they're up to shenanigans, uh, I can see that maybe, you know, making you not real keen on the dude. Um, but generally I think I treated her pretty well. And I don't know, but anyway, I think I ended up staying with her, you know, for like maybe a month, um, separate bedrooms, you know, heavily monitored the whole time, which was also kind of weird considering at this point, I think we were both at least 18. Um, but I patched things up with the parents 
and things were not going well there, so I, you know, moved back home. Um, and it was, you know, it was on again, off again, um, for, for quite a while. Um, at one point during the on agains, um, again, not to get, get too, too deep into it, but at, at one point a child was conceived, um, who, you know, that's, that's my daughter. Um, and when this was discovered, um, despite years of Christian upbringing and reinforced thinking that, well, you know, you get her pregnant, you have to marry her. Um, there was a part of me that was like, yeah, I get where people come with up with that idea, but if we don't actually get along and it's just going to be miserable, um, does that really do the child any good in the long run? And no, we're not just going to, you know, oh, you know, this pregnancy test is positive. Let's go, you know, let's go ring shopping. Um, cause we'd already been engaged and broken that off and then tried boyfriend, girlfriend and broken that off, etc., etc. Um, and I can't be certain because it's been a long darn time, but I almost feel like the point when I found out that, you know, she was with child was during one of the periods where we had broken things off. Um, however, you know, we, even at that age, I realized that, you know, this is reality and this is, you know, I played a role in this happening. I am responsible and I am not going to, you know, cut and run. Um, this is, this is my child. This is, you know, I want to be a part of that. Um, doesn't mean we need to get married, but I still want to, you know, be a father to the child. Um, and we agreed that we would, you know, take it easy. And if nothing else, you know, remain friendly. Um, you know, when the child, you know, when she was born, you know, I was, uh, I was in college at the time. I was sadly not able to make it to the birth. Um, there were some complications and she had to be, you know, whisked away, uh, to the big city for that. And I had no vehicle or, you know, other means to get there. So I ended up showing up way after she was born. Um, but you know, I'm the father on the birth certificate. And, you know, I wanted to be, you know, her father. I wanted to be a part of her life. You know, I, we agreed that we should, you know, as cliche as it might sound, get along for the sake of the child, you know, even if the two of us weren't going to be, you know, romantically involved. Um, you know, she was born. I went and went to, I forget what the agency is, but it's like, I am going to, you know, let's get this child support thing going because I'm not going to, you know, I want to be responsible. I want to contribute. Um, you know, and that's the way the law works. Let's do this properly. Um, and that's, you know, and no, literally no regrets there. Like that's what you should do. You father a child, you're responsible for the child, you know, unless the mother legitimately doesn't want you to have any part of it and doesn't want you to contribute you should, in my opinion. Um, you know, and that went fairly well. Like we, we got along pretty good. Um, 
you know, she would come up to college and visit me, uh, you know, with my daughter and we'd get to see her and, you know, th things went well. Like I said, we, we were not, um, we were not romantically, uh, attached, <laughs> um, she and I, uh, but we, we got along well, uh, you know, for that purpose. Um, eventually, you know, college wasn't working out quite so well as I'd hope. Um, I talk about that in other podcasts. I'm not going to rehash that now. Um, but you know, come summer, the decision is made that, you know, I'm going to join the Navy, um, you know, and that the child support checks will still come in and I will write letters. And, you know, when I get to come home on leave, I will, you know, come home and visit her. Um, you know, we, we're going to keep this thing going. I want to stay in her life. It's just right now what needs to happen is for me to get some stability so that I can provide for her and get some discipline so that, you know, the future looks better. Uh, so off to boot camp I go. Um, funny thing about boot camp, um, Navy boot camp, if nothing else, is that, um, you know, a fair portion of it when I went through, uh, you don't necessarily realize it at the time, but afterwards, in retrospect, you come to find out, wow, a, a whole lot of what happened in boot camp was really just brainwashing. Because um, they're trying to mold young minds into military, you know, objects to achieve, you know, goals. Um, and part of that is kind of, you know, we need to rewire the way you think so that you'll follow orders and do your stuff. Um, and part of that is, you know, there, there's sort of a mantra that was, you know, repeated throughout boot camp. Um, three words, honor, courage, commitment, uh, which are all three very good virtues. I don't mean to besmirch honor or courage or commitment. I am a big fan of, of all three. Um, but when you spend, you know, several months sleep deprived and being yelled at and doing unpleasant things and, you know, in the company of exactly zero, um, you know, available females, um, honor, courage, and commitment, um, start to form channels in your brain, uh, especially when you start to think that, you know, I, 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 I had a girl, uh, and I have a daughter and maybe these three concepts somehow, you know, link to the concept of, you know, this woman and this child. Um, and so, you know, by the end of boot camp, you know, we, the, the, the graduation ceremony, the pass and review, uh, as it were, uh, comes around and mind you throughout boot camp, I'm writing letters, you know, to, to my parents and my, you know, siblings, but also to, you know, um, the mother of my child, you know, about things and, you know, Hey, this is coming up. And if you'd want to come, you know, see me, that would be, you know, groovy. And sure enough, they did. Um, which was good. Uh, you know, I got to see him. Uh, my mom came up, um, and you know, she came up with the child and her mother, um, as transport. They all came to see me, which was good. Um, and, you know, the, I think that was probably the first point at which it was, you know, sort of re, reopened the, the conversation around, you know, maybe you and I should get together and, and become, you know, a more permanent item than just friends who share a child. Um, right after boot camp, I got whisked off to A school. 
Um, in, in A school, you know, not only can you write letters, but, you know, you could actually, you know, had access to a phone and could call and talk to people. Um, this was in the day of landlines and long distance charges, and you, you went and bought phone cards that had minutes on them that you would use to call people long distance because you couldn't just grab your pocket computer out of your pocket and, you know, call from Missouri to Ohio, and it's just the same as if you were talking to someone next standing right next to you with a pocket computer. Um, but that's what happened. You know, I would go out and buy a, you know, 200 minute phone card and, you know, occasionally call home and talk to mom and dad and, and you know, the siblings, but mostly it was talking to, uh, talking to her, um, and things, you know, sort of rekindled and we decided that, you know, okay, when you're, when you're done with A school, I've got leave. Um, and I get to come home. And when I get home, we should, you know, go ahead and get ourselves hitched, make this official. Uh, and then, you know, I will be, you know, after leave, I go off to Puerto Rico for my first duty station for a few months. And then I'll go to Homeport, which is in Mississippi, and I will take more leave and I'll come get you and we'll pack up a truck and get an apartment and we'll all live there and we'll be a, be a happy family. Um, which is what happened. Um, you know, marriage number one took place in, uh, Bel Air, Ohio. Um, I can't remember. It wasn't the justice of the peace. Uh, it, I want to say it was the mayor of, of Bel Air, uh, was authorized to do weddings. Um, and so, you know, I went home for two weeks of leave and we got all the paperwork together. Um, and my dad was there, uh, as a witness. Um, I feel like you probably need multiple witnesses. I remember it was me, it was her, my dad, the mayor, and I don't know that there was anyone else there. Uh, like I said, it wasn't exactly a ceremony. It was, you know, show up and get the papers signed, and it's, you know, it was more of a legal procedure than a, you know, wedding in the traditional sense. Um, but it got the job done, and it got the job done quickly, and that's what we were, you know, headed for at that point. Um, it was ridiculous because I got married in my navy dress whites, um, which is a ridiculous outfit. Uh, I mean, no offense to the navy or anyone who's in the navy. And if you're in the navy and you're fond of the dress whites, you know, good on you. I am not fond of you know polyester bell bottoms or whatever in the heck those were, um, and the little sailor top and whatnot. Like, whatever. It's just not my jam. Um, the navy dress blues, it's the same kind of a thing, but it's like wool, and it's, you know, dark, you know, super dark navy blue. It just looks better to me. Um, it's still bell bottoms. It's still the little, you know, shirt with the flap on the back and the weird, you know, neckerchief thing. Um, but to me, that's just a slightly a little bit better. Um, I also come to find out that even though when I left Puerto Rico, um, the, the uniform of the time were, were the whites. Um, in Ohio, they were still wearing the blues. I didn't realize that was regional, so I could have gotten married in the uniform I would have preferred, but I didn't. It's not really the point. It really doesn't have anything to do with the story. Um, it's a total sidetrack, and I will stop now. Um, but it was, you know, a quick, quick and dirty wedding. Um, you know, no no, you know, real friends or family around. Like I said, dad was there, um, which was good. Um, there wasn't any kind of reception. There wasn't any kind of, you know, honeymoon. Um, 
you know, I'm fairly certain that when it was all said and done, like, I think my siblings were at school. I don't know where mom was. I think dad had to go back to work and like, we went upstairs into, you know, what used to be my bedroom to, you know, make it official, shall we say. Um, and then, you know, a few days later, I'm, you know, shipped off to, to Puerto Rico. Um, and, you know, we talked on the phone and, you know, there were some letters written and things, things were fine. Um, when, you know, a few months later, go, go to home port, took some leave, went off to Ohio. We loaded up a bunch of stuff on a truck, you know, um, drove, you know, went down to, you know, Mississippi, got an apartment, moved in, happy family, you know, situation begins, um, was the idea. Um, it was a rough situation. I was an incredibly low-ranked uh, military person who did not make a whole lot of money. Um, we had the one vehicle, and at the time I did not drive, which meant it, oh, 500 or whatever ridiculous time it was. She, all of us had to wake up. She had to pack the baby into the car, drive me to base, drop me off. I would do the day, and then at the end of the day, pack everything up to come get me. Um, it also meant that, you know, she didn't have a job um, because we only had the one car and had to, life had to revolve around my military schedule. Um, also, I don't think we could have afforded childcare if we wanted to, um, which put her in the unfortunate situation of being stuck in an apartment with, you know, a two-year-old um, for, you know, all of the time that I wasn't around. Uh, you know, you know, five days a week, you know, whatever. Um, and you know, when I was home in the evenings and on the weekend, we didn't really have a whole lot of money to do much. Um, you know, I don't even think we had cable. I think, you know, it was, you know, the Lion King and Aladdin on constant rotation on the VCR type situation. Uh, you know, in retrospect, I, that, that's not a great situation for her to have been in. I can, you know, empathize. Um, but that can wear on a person. Um, and also I was not having the best time, you know, in the military and had some beef there. And really what all that amounts to is the two of us, you know, we were trying, but we really weren't getting along that well. There were enough things bugging us, um, about each other and or life in general where things were not going super well. Um, and so you know, there were, there was a point where I was supposed, I was going on a field exercise, um, you know, for, for, um, a couple of weeks and, you know, her mom came down to visit and hang out with her to give her somebody to, you know, hang out with and talk to and do stuff with, uh, which was fine. Um, and like I said, we were we 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 were not in a good place relationship-wise, um, and and it, again, not her fault, not necessarily my fault either. It just wasn't working out. It was probably not something we should have done to begin with, but it wasn't going well. Um, as time moved by, um, there was a plan to you know when 
she wanted to go back home to Ohio uh, around Christmas time. She wanted to, you know, see her family and, you know, see some of her friends um, and, you know, that sort of thing. And I'm like, that's, that's cool, but I need to get a license and you need to leave me the car for that to happen because I got to, yeah. I can't not go to work. I'm in the military. If you don't show up to work in the military, you know, it's not like, oh, you're fired. It's, oh, you're in this jail we call the brig. Um, you know, it, this is really not an option for us to not make this happen. Um, and so her mom, you know, drives down and is staying with us. And, you know, I get my temps and we go out and practice. Um, and I eventually get my license. You can hear that story, you know, other times, uh, other podcasts. I think I talk about that. Um, and I get my license, um, you know, and there was some particular unpleasantness between the two of us, uh, as part of that, that I'm not going to get into a whole lot of details about, but basically, um, the morning I was supposed to get my driver's license because they were all supposed to pack up and head up to, you know, come back up to Ohio the next, the next day. Um, so, you know, it's Saturday, you're going to go get you your license. That'll all be taken care of tomorrow. We will, you know, head out. Well, the morning I went to go get my license in Mississippi, it was foggy as hell. And we showed up to the, you know, the DMV and they're like, yeah, we can't take you out for a driver's test. You can't see 10 feet in front of you. You're going to have to come back later. Um, and that upset their apple cart and she was not having it. And there was quite the, you know event as a result of that, um, wherein things got heated and ugly and not good really quick. Uh, it went from zero to 60 in no time flat in terms of, you know, speed of things not going well relationship wise. Um, we eventually calmed things down and went back later that afternoon after the fog lifted and I got my license but things were still not well when we get home and things were, you know, really bad. Um, authorities may have been called. Uh, and eventually we all kind of, okay, cool. We're going to chill out now. This is all going to be, you know, fine. Um, and they, you know, cool. We're going to go up to, you know, back to Ohio for the holidays. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. And it's like, all right cool. Um, and so, you know, a couple weeks turned into three weeks. It's like, what's going on? Oh, well, you know, my friend is pregnant. I want to wait for the baby to be born. Okay. That's, that's fine. Cool. Do that. Uh, which went into, you know, a couple more weeks. And next thing I know, we had a field exercise to go to where I was going to go, you know, camping, uh, camping out in the woods or, or maybe it was, you know, range. There was something to where I was going to be away for an extended period of time from the apartment. Um, and lo and behold, when we come back from that, you know, I'm on base, we get off the buses and I go to where the car should be and it's gone. And I'm kind of freaking out and what the heck happened. Uh, you know, and I call my buddy, uh, who was also with me, but his wife came and picked him up. And I'm like, I don't know what, where my car is. I don't get it. Can you guys, you know, give me a ride home and I can, you know, call the cops from there or whatever. Uh, and his wife was like, oh yeah, your wife came and got that. And I can't remember what the, you know, 
how that all played out. But no, while I was away, she came and got the car off base. And sure enough, I had my friends take me to the apartment and it was, you know, stripped clean of anything that was hers and some of what was mine. Um, and I finally get a hold of her. She's like, yeah, I'm done. We're basically moving back to Ohio. Um, or we've moved back to Ohio. Um, and so that was fun. Um, cause I had to break the lease. Um, and because I was married, I couldn't get put in the barracks. So for like three months or so, I unofficially lived in Kenny's room. Um, having to hide what I owned whenever they come through for inspection. Like it was, it was, you know, a semi-fugitive lifestyle for me based on how that all went. Uh, cause I couldn't keep the apartment cause I couldn't get there cause I had no car, um, had no means by which to make that happen. Um, eventually, you know, Colin talking to her, trying to figure out how to make it work and what, you know, what can we do to, you know, get back together and okay if Mississippi isn't working for you and you need to stay there that's fine but you know we should stay together um was having a hard time getting a hold of her and at one point I'm talking to my sister my little sister and she's like oh yeah she's living with this dude and I'm like what 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 do you mean she's living with some dude she's like oh yeah there's this dude she took me you know because she and my sister got along well and would hang out um you know, that sort of blossomed and formed, you know, while I was, you know, in college and in boot camp and so forth. Like, they, they got along pretty well. They were buddies. Um, and so, you know, when she went back to Ohio, I guess she thought it was okay and cool to introduce my kid sister to the guy she was now living with. I'm not sure how that logic works. Um, but, you know, I'm talking to her. She's like, oh, yeah, she's living in Wheeling with this dude, her and, her and, you know, your daughter are, are moved in with dude, and I'm like, are you, are you serious? She's like, no, no, yeah, um, I'm like, do you know a name, or, you know, do you have a, a number, and he's like, well, I know his name, but I don't know his number, and I'm like, okay, can you grab a, you know, a white pages for me, and, you know, whatever, there were three of this particular name in the book, and I made notes, and I called the one, and said, you know, hi, I'm calling looking for her, her, her. I'm not going to say her name on this, um, but I'm looking for her, her, her. I'm sorry, you've got the wrong number. Okay, thank you, click. Uh, the second number I doubt, hi, I'm looking for, you know, so-and-so. Oh, hang on a second. Puts her on the phone. Um, and I'll be honest, I was not mature. I was not calm. Um, it is a thing that I'm not proud of. Uh, but I laid into her something fierce, uh, to the effect of, you know, you are married to me and you've moved yourself and my child in with some other dude. What the heck is going on here? Um, which kind of signaled, you know, the beginning of the end. Let's, let's, let's be real honest there. Um, well, no, that, not the beginning of the end, the, the, the mid stages of the end, really. Um, and so, you know, from that point, it's like, okay, well, we're clearly done here. Like, there's there's no reconciling from this. Like, 
we weren't doing well and you went up home and you know maybe we need some distance to think things through and work out some stuff but you're gonna move in with another dude with my daughter uh, we're there, there's there's really nowhere to go here um, that's going to work out well um, and so divorce talks began at that stage um, unfortunately this coincided with about the time where I was about to get you know deployed um, to Okinawa, which, as you may know from a casual observation of the globe, is on the other side of the planet, really. Um, so she started to get those proceedings going, and I was deployed for seven months, um, knowing that, you know, you could call it separation. That certainly is an honest fact. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that's how that went. Um, and it wasn't until I got back to Homeport. Uh, the next go around that it's like, okay, you know, we, we need to make this official, you know, yes, I'm going to pay child support. Yes. We need to work out arrangements so that I get visitation, um, you know, within what I can do with me being, you know, in the military and stationed in Mississippi and you living in Ohio. Um, and you know, there were, you know, that's, that's the route we were going to go. Um, by this point, enough time had passed, I said seven plus months, nine, 12, whatever it was, months, uh, you know, the original, you know, piss and vinegar that I had on that initial phone call had died down. And again, and, you know, kind of came to the conclusion that, look, clearly she and I are not going to work, but we have a child that I still, is still my daughter, and I still want to, you know, be a part of her life. She may not, you know, she may be you know, basically just four years old at this point, not know me very well or remember me much, but I don't want to just drop out of her life. So we, you know, had a phone conversation and I, you know, explained, listen, this isn't working. It's unfortunate, but it is what it is. I still want to be a part of her life. I think as part of that, we should still, you know, be friendly. I'm not saying we're going to be friends or buddies, but we need to be civil. We need to be friendly. I think that's how that needs to go you know, you know, there was a date for the divorce, you know, a court date. I'm like, I am flying in, you know, a couple days prior. How's about the two of us get together, you know, the day before and, you know, and have coffee and just, just talk, you know, this is what it is. There's no point in me being upset or mad or any of us having ill will. This is what it is, but let's get together and, you know, just talk and catch up as it relates to our daughter and, you know, plan accordingly. And I'll never forget it. She says, yeah, my lawyer says you shouldn't see me, which is a very specific wording. Um, and it caught me off. I'm like, I, I, I honestly, my first reaction was, what did she like dye her hair purple or get some sort of weird, you know, face tattoo? Like, why no, can't I see her? And then it dawned on me why, you know, the estranged husband of the wife who's been living with another dude for, you know, several months might not be able to see the, the woman he's about to divorce. And I asked her the question point like, are you pregnant? And the line got silent. Um, and eventually there was a, a soft yes. Okay, I'm going to hang up now. Thank you. I will see you, you know, in the courtroom tomorrow. Um, and sure enough, she was in fact pregnant. Um, visibly so. Her, her lawyer was, you know, in the right to, you know, suggest that there not be a visual going on. Um, 
I should mention that due to the time frames involved, again, other side of the planet for seven months, um, there was exactly zero chance that, you know, the contents of her womb had anything really to do with me. Um, so we, you know, we got, we got the, you know, the, the divorce happened. Um, there really wasn't much to that, not much to say. It was all kind of prearranged. You know, the, you know, you pay child support. Um, you know, when you're on leave, you can have visitation that will take place, you know, at my parents' house because that's the only address I had to go with. Um, you know, given our situation, it wasn't like, oh, well, you get, you know, alternate weekends and, you know, every other Wednesday or like I was in the Navy like that, you know. It was, when you're out of the military, we can renegotiate this, but when you're home on leave, you give her 24 hours notice, and you can, you know, see your child. I, cool, I'm good with that, that's what I wanted, child support, I'm happy to pay it, that's, that's, that's part of the deal, cool deal. Um, you know, I was approached before, you know, we all went into the courtroom, my lawyer, you know, said, hey, her lawyer came over and said, hey you know, if you waive your rights, we won't, you know, we'll get you off the hook for child support. And I said, yeah, no, I am not going to do that. Um, she's my daughter. I, this is the legal ability by which I get to keep her as my daughter and she doesn't fall off the face of the earth. Um, uh, yeah, no, I will happily pay that money. Um, and we went in and there was a judge and, you know, raise your hand and say the thing and sign these papers and bing, bang, boom, it's done. Um, you know, I was once again single, um, you know, moving forward, you know, kind of for the, you know, the rest of the time I was in the Navy, um, there wasn't a lot of contact. Um, you know, when I came home for the divorce, after the divorce was final, you know, I want to see my daughter. I'm home on leave, you know, let's, let's, you know. And we all met up at the mall, um, and, you know, I was introduced to my daughter as, you know, mommy's friend Todd, um, and, you know, I come to find out that, you know, the dude she's living with is who my daughter is calling daddy, um, and that did not sit well with me, but I was not going to get into that with the daughter present, because that's not going to help anything, I just kind of chewed that down and let that go. Um, and figured, you know, at some point she's going to get old enough to understand things. Like, it doesn't do me any good to look at a four-year-old who, for all of her, you know, conscious memory, knows this other guy as the daddy figure and say, that's not your dad. Me, the guy in front of you, you know, the total stranger. I'm your father. That, no one wins in that situation. That's a thing you do for your own ego, not for the child. And I, even then, was not going to play that game. Like, okay, I'm mommy's friend, Todd. I get to see my daughter. I get to hang out. I guess that's how that'll be. Um, and so, you know, the rest of the time I was in the Navy, it's not like I was calling her up. Because my daughter wouldn't have known who the heck I was anyway. And talking to the ex is not something that was likely to go real well. Uh, you know, when I'd come home on, on leave, I would see her and it would be awkward, um, as it, I imagine it is for all people who are, you know, divorced and seeing each other for the sake of the children. Um, 
again, she didn't really know who I was, per se, um, and I wasn't going to cause that, cause that crisis for that, you know, small child, um, but I got to see her, um, and really the, that's kind of the end of the story for marriage number one, um, we will pick this up again in another episode where I guess I can talk about uh, marriage number two and pick up the story from there. Um, thanks for hanging out through it. Um, I don't know how enjoyable that necessarily was, but um, thanks for hanging in there and listening. Um, if you got questions, depending on the nature of the question, I might be able to answer it. Again, I'm not looking to me uh, on Twitter uh, or via the emails. Uh, thank you. Until next time, I hope y'all have a good one. So, quick addendum. Um, just because something happened this weekend that I feel is noteworthy and should be included as part of this narrative. Um, so, to recap. Um, myself and my first wife um, the, the product of that relationship, uh, was my eldest daughter. Um, she is now, uh, you know, 20 some years old. She is also married, um, happily. Um, and they have a child, um, my grandson, uh, who turned two very recently. And, you know, as part of, you know, his, his turning two, um, my daughter threw, you know, him a party, as you do, um, and I was invited, uh, you know, with, with the, the rest of my family, and, you know, the rest of his family, um, and so this past Friday, um, you know, in expected attendance at young, young man's, uh, second birthday party, uh, was going to be me, um, and Abby and, and the girls, um, as well as, you know, I expected my first wife and her current husband and, and their children. Uh, and I also sort of suspected that I would probably also see, um, her second husband, um, as well as possibly, you know, my, my first wife's mother, who I can't remember if I mentioned this or not, but she hated me, um, for pretty much the entire time that we were together. Um, and so, you know, I, I was clearly going to go to my grandson's, you know, birthday party. I wouldn't miss that for the world. Um, but kind of figured that it would be possibly a little awkward, um, you know, given that it was going to be my daughter and her son and her husband, who we all get along real well, um, but also my first ex and all three of her, you know, husbands, um, and all of the children, um, that relate, that, you know, came from that, uh, and possibly her mother, and I just kind of expected that to be just a big awkward mess, um, and was just hoping for the best you know, we'll go there, you know, and, and hopefully everybody will be cordial and fine and it'll all be good. Um, like I think I mentioned, you know, at this stage, I hold no ill will, like it is what it is. Um, 
you know, life moves on. I'm, I'm not, you know, bitter or angry or have any sort of grudges. You know, everything's, you know, has sort of worked out well, I think. Um, but there still seemed like there could be, you know, some potential for, for some awkwardness um, that I wasn't necessarily looking forward to. Well, I am happy to report um, that that party went really well. Um, the young man was is, is adorable and charming um, and ridiculously well-behaved um, for a two-year-old. Um, just happy and hanging out and having good times. Um, and the rest of it was all good also. Um, like I said, I kind of expected everybody to be a little standoffish and awkward and weird. Um, you know, I haven't had much interaction with, with most of those folk. Um, just period. Um, let alone recently. Uh, I mean, we've crossed paths, um, once or twice, you know, maybe in the past decade or so. Uh, you know, when when my daughter and I re reconnected, uh, you know, she was 16 at the time and still living with her mom. Um, so, you know, we, we'd see each other, um, you know, and by extension, you know, my daughter's siblings and uh, the ex-wife's, you know, new husband and so forth. And, and you know, it, it it's not like we were chummy. It's not like we were going to go, go, go hanging out at the bar afterwards or anything, but you know, it was, it was civil, but you know, cool reception, I, I suppose you would say. Um, I ran into, um, her second husband, uh, on a couple of occasions. Uh, I think once I went to go see, um, my daughter play some sport or other, and he was there. Um, and I think I saw them all, you know, at her, her high school graduation as well. Um, but you know, those are sort of, you know, you're at an event, you kind of, you know, bump into each other. Oh, Hey, hi, how you doing? Okay, cool. And that's it. You know, not, not, you know, all in the same room for multiple hours, uh, at a family gathering, uh, sort of a deal. So like I said, I wasn't sure what to expect, but, uh, I, everybody just gets along fine. Um, which is not something that I had prepared for. Um, you know, like I said, I hadn't had a whole lot of experience with this particular batch of uh, extended ex-family. Um, so I didn't really have that to go off of. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure that any sort of discussions or meetups or anything that involved these, my second uh, wife would end horribly and, you know, if you have ever seen any movies or television, uh, you know, you're led to believe that, oh, well, you, you have exes, them and their family hate you and vice versa, and it's going to be a miserable, awkward, problematic time. Um, that was absolutely not the case this, this weekend. Uh, you know, everybody was, was, you know, was cool and nice to each other and not just, you know, that faking it nice to, you know keep things from being awkward, like, genuinely, we're, you know, all getting along, uh, you know, um, her, uh, her second husband was there, and was, you know, chit-chatting, and, and laughing, and, you know, conversations, no, no, no stress, no, uh, no conflict, uh, whatsoever, um, 
you know, we're standing there talking and, you know, hanging out with the boy and, you know, my daughter and stuff. And first wife's like, yeah, how you doing? I'm like, I'm doing all right. You? No, I'm doing well. You know, and it, and you know, she's like, how is work? And like, you know, again, not like anybody was looking to, Hey, you know, let's, let's reconnect. Let's go have coffees after this or anything. Um, but you know, genuinely interested beyond just, you know, what was required of small talk, uh, which to me was, was impressive. Um, you know, her, her two youngest daughters, uh, you know, we're sitting there playing with, playing with the grandson, you know, as you do, but we're also interacting with, you know, Abby and I's daughters, uh, youngest daughters. Well, like it's just, it's just, it, it was like there was nothing nothing going on, nothing, nothing weird here, um, it's all good, um, you know, I was, I was telling Abby at one point, you know, I kind of felt like an asshole, um, for being too standoffish, um, cause I just, I didn't know how to act, I didn't know what to do, you know, um, and I assume that, you know, the ex and her, you know, other ex-husband and her current husband probably see each other a lot more often than I see any of them because they all live uh, up there in the area, um, you know, and, and share more children amongst them than, than just uh, my daughter. Um, but yeah, they all got along real well. Um, even, even my ex's mother was nice and cordial to me, and I guess at one point was, you know, defending me to one of the other folks, you know, because the, uh, her second husband said something like, I guess I'm the young grandpa, and she's like, no, no, that's Todd, he's, you know, he's the same age as, you know, it, 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 it was just very interesting and noteworthy, um, and, you know, I, I felt like having just told the, the tale of, you know, how I met, um, my first wife, and how that went, and how that ended, and so forth, um, I thought it, I thought it appropriate, and I thought it, um, important to sort of share that, you know, here we are, years and years and years later, and it actually all seems to be working out well, you know, she seems happy in her life, I am clearly happy in my life, um, you know, seems like her daughter, you know, ended up, ended up with things being good. Like I said, she's, she's got herself a great husband and a, a little boy now, and they all seem to be doing real well and real happy. Um, it all, it all, all's, all's well and has ended well. Um, and just felt it important to, to make note of that. So, um, again, thanks for, thanks for joining with me and, uh, I'll catch y'all later. And that's it.